Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Family Sanctuary, a show that inspires living the gospel message in word and deed within our families. And now, Family Sanctuary with host Peggy Hartshorn. Welcome to the Family Sanctuary, focusing on life-giving relationships and the family. I'm your host, Peggy Hartshorn, Chairman of Heartbeat International that advances life-affirming pregnancy help around the world. And today we have a program. I'm going to ask you a question. Would you like to strengthen the faith of your children? Would you like to do everything possible to make sure that your children are going to continue attending Mass, uh, Catholic devotions, that God will be the centerpiece of their lives. Uh, I, I believe a lot of our listeners are hoping and praying that for their children and for their grandchildren. And so we have a guest today that I know is going to challenge us on that and inspire us with some real-life examples of how we can strengthen the faith within our families and pass on to the next generation, that beautiful gift of faith that so many of us are blessed with. Uh, Our guest today, and I'm sure she'll be familiar to many of you, is Emily Jaminette. Welcome, Emily. Thank you so much for having me. I love this program. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I love your programs. By the way, you probably already recognize Emily's voice, if not her name, in that she has a, a, a wonderful moment on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio called A Mother's Moment uh, with some wonderful, just concrete thoughts, very realistic sharings about what it is like to be a mom and the daily challenges and and how can we turn those moments into moments of love and, and moments of faith building for our families. So thank you for that wonderful series, Emily. And it's I was just asking you, it's been on now for nine years on St. Gabriel Radio. What a privilege, what a gift thank to you. be able to have those reflections here. It is a great gift. And uh, Emily, uh, if, you, if you don't know her, uh, she has been married to her husband, John, for for almost 21 years. She has seven beautiful children, um, two in college now, one in preschool. Uh, She and her husband are members of St. Andrews. And uh, Emily is also, she has a blog on motherhood. She has a joint author of two great books, Divine Mercy for Moms and The Friendship Project. And uh, now she's got a third book coming out in October, Our Friend Faustina. And uh, you may be familiar, I hope you are, with St. Faustina, but uh, she is associated, of course, with the devotion to the Sacred Heart. And right now, Emily is the director of the Sacred Heart Enthronement Network, which is a national outreach um, that comes actually from, I think you mentioned, Emily, the fruit of the work on the Divine Mercy enthronement here in Columbus, Ohio. Yeah, the the um, Sacred Heart Enthronement Group here in Columbus is, you know, um, a great inspiration across the country mm-hmm. of what renewal can take place. And that's what we're going to be also talking about, just when the family decides to welcome Jesus into the home and what can happen. So what we've done is we've, you know, taken that local spark of inspiration and really said, how can we package this and present this on a national level. And I think that um, it's been so fruitful already mm-hmm. in just six months, the amount of um, Sacred Heart Enthronement kits that have gone out and lives that have been impacted 
just from a lot of little yeses. I I thought I was signing up to write a couple articles, you know, in, in <laughs> helping this ministry locally, but it's um you know, all work we do for the kingdom is always a privilege and you don't know where the Lord's gonna kinda lead you. And I, I see it all interwoven together that it makes sense. But sometimes you have to visit emilyjaminette.com to see how it all makes sense. <laughs> You're still figuring that out. Yeah. <laughs> but sharing with others what God's done in your family, Emily, and uh, it's it's really a blessing for all of us. So thank you for being so real yeah. about the needs uh, within families today and and what we can do to really bring faith into our families and build for the future. Well, what is the need out there, Emily? I, I mean... What what situation are we facing with our families and even families within our own parishes? Well, I, I think a mother's moment when we go back to that was the intention of saying, I'm right there with you. I'm holding your hand. We're walking the same path. And I think that as practicing Catholics, we have to recognize there's many people on our left and our right each Sunday morning. And then there are others that are not there on Sunday morning, but you sure wish they were mm-hmm. and that you can help strengthen their faith life. And um, that importance of being an example every day is key to building authentic faith, not only in yourself by living it, but also encouraging others. Um, one of the things we were talking about, Peggy, initially was that, you know, that that statistic that about on average, 11 percent of Catholics go to mass every Sunday, consistently weekend and week out. And if you are a practicing Catholic, that that's shocking, you know, that, you know, there are so many people not present, but yet on Christmas and Easter, you're so encouraged because the whole church is, you know, is full to the gills. So there is a disconnect there. And I think our goal with family prayer or being heavily involved in ministry is to say, we want to help you come back to Christ. We want to help you find that stability and consistency in living out a Catholic faith life. Right. And and we want it, of course, most near and dear to our hearts are our own families, mm-hmm. our own children, our grandchildren, wondering once we're not driving them to Mass every Sunday <laughs> or walking together to Mass every Sunday, will they be among that 11% or will hopefully that percent really, really grow? So we want to talk today primarily about our own families and and look at some of the ways that we can strengthen devotion and faith within our own families when we have those children in formation still and yeah. and when we are in close relationship with our grandchildren what can we do and i know emily you've been trying to do this for many years with your own family so would you share with us some of some of what you have tried to do sure. and and what you what you are an example of for other families in that faith building. I think there's no, I think first of all, this is my uh, disclaimer. (laughs) This is not a perfect family. I'm not from a perfect family. My children are not perfect, Um, but we are all seeking. (laughs) I know, but we're seeking the Lord in our ordinary moments. And I think that a lot of times I was saying over the weekend, you know, we don't realize what was even extraordinary until we look back on that moment or, you know, where the Lord was really working or where that special grace came or for many of us, why we even started going to morning mass or praying the rosary. It was very ordinary. It was very like a whisper. And I think that that brings us a lot of encouragement, but it's a little bit harder to pinpoint exactly you know, where that transformation took place. So I, um, not coming from just 
good intentions. Number one, our, our desires should be rooted in we want to pass down authentic faith for children that will live in a secular world. Mm-hmm. They will, you know, if it's however they're being educated, they will go out and make those choices. And we live in a culture with um, vast freedom to live any lifestyle you want, to do whatever you want, um, but yet we are calling them to something greater. So having that higher standard of, you know, for our family, I, I, I like to tell people, you know, I've potty trained now seven people, seven children. <laughs> and I said, when you're potty training, you cannot be inconsistent because if you're inconsistent, it takes forever. Mm-hmm. But when you, when, with anything with training children, you are consistent. And when you are consistent, you build stability and they know the expectation. So um, I was a little overwhelmed at some of my parenting flaws. And I realized <laughs> there's only one thing I've been consistent with since the very beginning. And that is we are a Catholic family and we go to mass every Sunday. And my heart goes out to the families that are, you know, not a part of that 11% because the infrequency is actually making it harder on you and your children. Because now every Sunday morning is a battleground. Do we go to mass? Do we not go to mass? You know, mm-hmm. what time do we go to mass? Where do we go to mass? Those are so many decisions that you can easily buckle under the pressure. Mm-hmm. And, and so maybe this weekend you hear this program. Okay, that makes sense. It's in the calendar and it's a non-negotiable. Right. And that non-negotiable is going to be such a gift to you and your children and knowing that you built a habit of consistently going to mass. I right. think that that's something that um, is easy and it, I mean, easy meaning, um, the church provides us a calling mm-hmm. and ask, mm-hmm. you know, so that we are fed each Sunday. And yet the invitation is greater. You can go more often than once a week. But I think fulfilling that obligation sure. is a great place to start. And the habit of, of realizing this is what we do every Sunday. That's mm-hmm. not an option. Like you said, I can remember when I was growing up. And that was obviously before the internet, before you could find out mass times uh, very quickly on your telephone. Our family camped a lot. We traveled a lot. And and we loved that. But there was never a question, where we're going to go to Sunday mass? As as soon as, in fact, I'm sure my dad and mom planned where we're going to spend the night was in a place where there was likely a Catholic church. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't too remote. We were going to be there. And... I don't know how they did it, but they found out very quickly when the Catholic Mass was, and we always went. Uh, it wasn't an option on vacation. <laughs> and in fact, we began to really enjoy it, you know, all the different little churches we attended or, or big churches, different uh, t- styles of, of worship. Uh, my husband and I have always done that. And so we've we've gone to masses um, where uh, there was a lot of native music, for instance, in certain places. It's to me, it 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 made me appreciate so much the universality of the Catholic Church. Wherever we are in the world, it's never been impossible for me and for our family to find a Catholic Church for Sunday Mass. I think you're so right. And, and many of us are striving to show culture and pass on mm-hmm. heritage to mm-hmm. our children. And I'm like, just start going to Mass. Mm-hmm. And you, even across the city, mm-hmm. there's Hispanic Masses. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, a, a variety of even types of worship. Right. And I, I think that that's a calling, but it's a very important consistency that, that lays that bedwork for what takes place in the home mm-hmm. is that, you know, that will bring peace to your family when you say, even, you know, I, I've 
spoken to teenagers, parents of teenagers, and they say, well, my kids no longer go to mass. And I say, do you pay the cell phone bill? The car keys, the <laughs> what privileges do they have access mm-hmm. to that are blessings the Lord has bestowed upon your family? So it's a great way to say thank you. And also as a parent, when that child is in your home, you have the right to say, this is what our family sure. does. You know, maybe mm-hmm. receiving communion, they're not in the state to do that, but to participate in the act, you know, right. going and to this mass is a family mm-hmm. event. I yeah. know when our when our children were teenagers, and I think families do have to be flexible. We started going to later masses because, of course, they wanted to sleep in, uh, and and we for a number of years we ended up going to um, Sunday evening mass. Uh, because again, that they wanted to sleep in, and we would just get so much. All right, all right, we're going to five o'clock. We're going to five fifteen. Well, it's funny because <laughs> we're going to a seven seven thirty. <laughs> we went to eight o'clock at Holy Family last week because yes. our we have four employed children, which is actually a huge accomplishment and um, wonderful. The youngest can't manage her schedule. She doesn't really. I mean, she's never had a work schedule, mm-hmm. so she's like, "Oh no, I'm scheduled to work on Sunday." So we paused, and it could have been a source of tension. Mm-hmm. And I said, no, we're going to go as a whole family at 8 p.m., mm-hmm. even the three-year-old, and we're going to have a beautiful day. She works at the pool. We'll all be together. And I, I realized that it's also our attitude on how do we perceive our commitment, our faith, and really rechecking, is it done out of just to fulfill a commitment, or can we bring joy into that can we make you know can we turn lemonade into maybe what feels like a lemon in that moment with your schedule being thrown off but i i think it was one of our favorite days of the week (laughs) obviously but but we made it special we got takeout we went to eight o'clock mass Mm -hmm. and um you know the couple weeks before i had a son spend the night at a friend's house and we we pick him up and it was a great morning and I, i I didn't ask, did you go to mass? I assumed he'd went. And he said, no, mom, they didn't go this morning. And I said, okay, well, your dad will go twice. Yeah. And, and that's, and we'll take you. And it, it, part of those things are lessons that the, that really do impact the child that Mm -hmm. even though this other family is not consistently going to mass, let's let, we have to do this. This is who we are. And, um, in doing it in the positive, but, Mm -hmm. but making that a priority. And our, our son particularly was highly motivated by breakfast after mass when we when we went in the in Sunday mornings. He loved bacon and eggs, and so that was that was a fun thing we could do. It was a yes. family thing. We had bacon and eggs whether I fixed it after mass at home. Occasionally we went out. So I think we can figure out within families what will help make this a family occasion. Sometimes. We're going to be angry at each other. Let's be honest. I can remember raising my voice. You're not ready yet. We are going to be. <laughs> it's not all peaches and cream, right, Emily? <laughs> it's a lot of hard work. Yeah. I mean, parenting is a vocation. I think we right. have to realize that you know, marriage ha- is is something that is important to seek these graces. Like sure. God wants to strengthen you in this journey, and it is very challenging. But the sacraments, you know, as we're talking about going to mass going to confession, putting it on your calendar. You know, those are are strengthening um, pieces to our faith life. Well, let me reintroduce our guest today in case you didn't recognize her voice. Our guest is Emily Jaminette. We're talking about faith building in the family and particularly family prayer. 
Um, the first part of our program, we've been focusing on Sunday Mass, uh, the uh, the main family prayer, of course. Uh, but Emily is a mother of seven children from college age to preschool. Uh, you you may have recognized her voice uh, with the, uh, A Mother's Moment, which she has here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. She's the author of two books with a third coming out in October. And uh, right now is the director of the Sacred Heart Enthronement Network. So... Um, Emily, you're, I've known Emily for well before you were married, Emily, and <laughs> always admired your faith. Um, and, and now I admired so much how you have intentionally, you and your husband, made this a priority for family. Let's talk about some of the other Catholic devotions or prayers that you've tried to introduce with your family, with the idea that as we form them up, you know, this is, this is going to be powerful for the rest of their lives. I think that's um, such a great topic, and it it starts not just with my family. It's it's passing it on as a legacy. Mm-hmm. Faith is a gift that we want to pass on to the next generation. Right. So if you feel like that wasn't given to you, you have the gift to pass it to others. If it's you know if you don't have your own children, adopting spiritual children, cousins, nieces, nephews, it was it's something worth passing on. So it has been given to me by my parents. And, and lived out in their life. And some of the things, you know, um, I would recommend the simple steps start with grace before meals, you know, mm-hmm. just even that pausing moment. We bless our food. That, that is something that is become lost in this culture of busyness of, you know, it's almost becomes fast food in the kitchen. Right. But as we're all in and out of sports, I can relate, but make sure that they, they bless their food. The other thing that I think is a gift to each family in the home is, you know, when you gather for prayer, if it is the whole rosary, sometimes it is our whole rosary on Sunday night. Other times it's a decade of the rosary, but we always share our prayer intentions. And I learned this from the men of the Sacred Hearts, really affirmed it to me up in Michigan, where they started saying families were transformed when the parents started to hear the hearts of their children. Hmm. What was on their heart? And I think that as a parent, when we pause and we have that intentional moment and we hear their intentions, we we ask them, what do you want to pray for? You know, we will always be left touched and and more intentional to know, you know, are they feeling safe and secure at school? Mm -hmm. You know, are they worried about a sibling? Are they worried about a friend? Have we created unnecessary anxiety about our finances and they're hearing it and they're interpreting this, this stress. But I think it's very important when the, the Holy Spirit is present, the Lord um, calls us to pray where, you know, two or more are gathered and we hear those intentions. Um, it's, it's such a gift. I would imagine that they're hearing their parents' intentions is a gift to them as well. Yeah. And I'm just thinking for families that think, oh, could we gather on Sunday night? And uh, what about sharing those kinds of intentions with with a grace before meal? You definitely a grace before meal is sometimes when we um, we do that. Sometimes we'll put a prayer card on the kitchen, the dining room table Mm -hmm. where we're gathering. And I'll say, I'd like to open up with this particular prayer to the Holy Spirit or the prayer of the Sacred Heart or, um, you know, teaching them the prayers. A lot of times you think your children know prayers until you start to say them. You know, <laughs> hail Holy Queen. Does every kid, all seven of you know this? No. So, you know, recognizing that you might have taught one child and really formed them in prayer, but there might be, you know, the third child who really 
doesn't have that same footing. So being a little bit more intentional about reintroducing them to specific um, Catholic prayers. Mm -hmm. I think back of how many things we memorized when I was a kid. Memorization was very, very important. You learned the prayers in school generally, and, and we said them at home as well. But we knew them. We knew them uh, verbatim. And and they don't really emphasize that any much more in school, I don't think. Memorization is, is not that important. So, um, But re- re- repetition, saying the same prayer over and over as a family. Uh, that that gets into the into the mind. You know, sometimes when I've been traveling, um, sometimes I I I I challenge myself to start thinking. Okay, what are the things that that I've memorized in the past that that I can repeat? The prayers that I know, the seven sacraments, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I was so blessed to have been trained that well. Uh, and and those never leave you. You know, I've heard stories of, of prisoners uh, in in cells who have had nothing to do but rehearse in their minds what they had memorized in the past. Sometimes that occurs to me. I'm so glad that that I don't think I will ever forget all the prayers that I've memorized. And um, so I think it's a wonderful thing for parents to do, to try to help their children remember those prayers. I think you bring up a good point, Peggy, that we're trying to build deep wells of faith, you know, and in times of trial or tribulation, that's where we go is we go deep into our soul and remember if it's those prayers. Um, and, and we don't lose hope. I think as parents, we might feel a little overwhelmed at different stages. If it's the little children or the teenager or the 20 year old, that's not appearing to practice their faith. But as Christians, we are, we place all of our trust in Christ and we do the best we can in the moment the, to what we know. We don't, you know, the standard is not a double standard. It's not Pinterest perfect. It's, <laughs> it's Jesus Christ and who's all love. And that's really our everyday example. And I'm so renewed by that example because as a parent, there's many areas that we, we, uh, we struggle with in those struggles, those times of, of difficulty. If it's in anger or, you know, I always like to tell my husband jokingly, like, I thought I was a really nice person before I had all these kids. And now I yell occasionally and I'm disorganized. And, you know, yes, children stretch you. But yet in that stretching, your heart also grows and mm-hmm. your capacity to do more grows. And so don't resent it. Really embrace that vocation and be encouraged. But you need the fuel for the for the uh, your your tasks at hand. And that Fuel is prayer. Mm-hmm. That's how we fill up. Yep. <laughs> so, Emily, um, can you share with us how has this affected your children, and and obviously the older ones too? Now, the legacy is probably pretty evident. You've been working at this for so many years. Uh, what are some practical ways that you have seen this bearing fruit? Well, I think that um, I like to insource and outsource. <laughs> so in the in-house is, you know, family prayer, grace before meals, intelligent conversation about the faith. You know, I learned on Catholic Radio today that, you know, X, Y, Z and how it pertains to your life. Ground it in real life experience. Don't just keep it in, in book level, but how does it play out in the culture? Um, some of these important issues with older children, such as, um, you know, the, the sanctity of life. That's a big issue to talk about in the context of the faith. So that's all in source and then outsource 
retreats, you know, send them to camps, send them to retreats, plug them in where their faith can be um, strengthened. And it's not just done um, in the context of the home. And I think that that's also um, takes a little bit of pressure off the family. And um, well, we're surrounded by a community. Of yes, faith, a community. And there are, are many, many opportunities yes. today for for um, you said insourcing and out many opportunities for outsourcing. Yes. We don't want to rely totally on outsourcing. No. That's for sure. But there are lots of um, wonderful opportunities now in the diocese and uh, and and in our and think of Catholic radio, like you mentioned. I bet you have Catholic radio going in the home. The children are listening. I mean, all the, it, I actually um, do a lot of audio prayers mm-hmm. because I'm busy and I'm in the car and. You know, whatever that is. So they hear me. They said the other day in the car, no, we're not praying with your app, mom. That's how you pray. Like, we want to pray the rosary our way. So like, you know, that they they learn through example. Uh But I think that the most important thing is that authentic engagement with your faith, where you say you're sorry when you offend, you're not perfect. And they know that you're trying. And that's what I I say a lot. You know, I'm trying. I'm Mm -hmm. trying to live out my Catholic faith to the best of my ability. And I'm not, I'm not perfect at this. Mm-hmm. Okay, mom, we know. So I think that, <laughs> that not being Pinterest perfect is a really great place to start. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. Sharing, being vulnerable with yes. your children about your own faith and your own challenges. And they're watching, of course. They're always watching and they're always listening and they're always absorbing. So, well, Emily, it's been wonderful to have you as a guest um, sharing the, the challenges and the joys of, of formation in the faith and really living the faith in the family, Catholic prayers, Catholic devotion, um, commitment to Mass on Sunday. Thank you for, for your vulnerability and for the great example that you and your family offer all of us. So you're listening to St. Gabriel Catholic Radio with archives at stgabrielradio.com under the Family Sanctuary. And we're, we've had several programs on family prayer. So, so look at other programs and, and pick up the, the beauty uh, and the challenge of it. Uh, you can stream live on stgabrielradio.com. And our program, The Family Sanctuary, is broadcast at 4 o'clock every Saturday and 2 o'clock on Sundays. So join us again to strengthen our families and make them sanctuaries of life as God intends. Family Sanctuary is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, AM820. Archives of Family Sanctuary with Peggy Hartshorn are available at stgabrielradio.com. Then-